0: You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here
1: are your hosts,
0: Chris and Taylor.
1: All right, scaling one-on-one offers. Anybody worried about scaling your fulfillment? Hands up. Cool. Now, if you're a service provider, you're not consulting or coaching, now keep your hand, put your hand up. Cool. So scaling, if you're a service provider, looks different, in my opinion, than scaling if you're a consultant.
2: So when do you make the switch to video slash group coaching? Yeah, I guess basically like not doing a service anymore and just teaching the service with, you know, weekly calls and videos.
1: Well, like if you want to get past like probably 40K a month, and you don't want to hire a bunch of team, with, then, then you would do that.
2: Okay, so should I start doing that now then? Because that's where I want to be pretty soon.
1: Yeah. yeah. Are you taking equity deals? Uh,
2: yeah, we're doing commission on the back okay. end.
1: Equity is a different game because you can actually get past 50k a month with equity that you can't with like a, just a copywriting package. But if you write a, progr- a package and you take a percentage of their sales, then you can kind of get past that. But like, what do you want to be at?
2: Uh, 100k by December.
1: You need to switch. Yeah. And I wouldn't fire your clients right now, but I would start a new program offering to teach them how to do it. Okay. That way you can take more clients.
2: In terms of price, and where would you put that if you were starting out with that first, you know,
1: I'd like video be- program maybe beta, at like four. Okay. And just be like, for, this is like five clients are going to get this at four. And then that's it. And then okay. we're going to eight.
2: And, and that's pretty much eight weeks video plus Weekly calls or biweekly calls, or
1: you can do it a million process? different ways. It's whatever your clients need to get results. It's okay. Like for the longest time, we just did two group calls a week, and then I blew everything up and we just changed everything because I felt like we needed to. So it's like whatever you feel like clients need to to get results, you do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool.
1: Which doesn't mean that if a client is unhappy, you're like, oh, I just change. You're always gonna have a client that's unhappy, but <coughs> if it's a repeating thing. It's like, oh man, this is a good person. And they're like, not getting results. Then you know, you've probably got a systems issue on the fulfillment. Okay. What's, What's your average percent?
0: client value right now on your services?
2: Um, well, we have, our two are actually monthly retainer. Like two of them are. And they're 6K a month. The, the new ones are like around 12,000 total over eight weeks.
0: And then how much time does that take?
2: 10 hours a month.
0: For those clients. What's Versus that? for those current clients...
2: Yeah, well, well, one's different, because one, one, we do everything. We do, like, direct mail, radio, TV, everything. So that's a lot more time, but the main ones are just direct mail, and that's, like, 10 hours a month.
0: So it'd be interesting to know, like, the actual value of that client per hour. Okay. Because they might be taking up, like, 60% of your time. We had this conversation with someone yesterday where, like, you think maybe it's a big contract, but the actual time that it's taking you, it's not worth it. Like what if you're able to recapture five, 10, 15 hours a week to where you can put into the new offer for your consulting? Mm -hmm. That's that's a massive key is understanding, like identifying where you're at in your business and what you should be spending your time on. And it's interesting, even though something's generating revenue, it might not be the best use of your time. This for you, because I think you're a little bit further ahead than some people, but I would keep that in mind. Yeah. Like what if you're able to give 20, Hours a week right now to the done with you offer. You could be at 100k, you know, October. Yeah. Especially with an offer like that, it's super hot. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I mean, is there a certain number you guys look for in terms of like, hey, like, I'm charging so and, you know, 10k for the offer. I expect to spend like five hours a month. I mean, what's like the? Well, he's actually is there a number? He's know?
1: actually getting into economics right now mm-hmm. with you. So you want to make 100 grand a month? You need to actually charge $625 an hour at the minimum if you're working 40 hours a week. All right, what you'll probably do is you'll probably do this analysis and that person's probably not paying you $625 right. an hour, probably. So that gives you an indication that eventually you're going to have to let this client go and or up their retainer so that it, it fits into your economics. And then if you have team, like, so you have to pay out two other copywriters and you pay them a combined $10,000 a month for their 100 hours or whatever, then you've got to subtract that number from your 625, and then your hourly rate needs to bump up to make up the difference. Make sense? Right, yep. yep. So then you know what your pricing needs to be.
2: So basically look at the actual net profit to me. Yeah. And then multiply to get what I need in terms of the total package value.
1: Yeah. So what people want to do is they want to like have some formula – What the market will pay, but the market will pay anything you tell them to. That doesn't mean you manipulate them and just overcharge because they'll do it. If you look at like Amazon, like Amazon can lose money because they want to actually grab the whole market and they did. Nobody can get into the US market with e commerce anymore. Amazon's the biggest because Jeff was willing to tolerate the pricing being so low for so long and now he has the whole market. But what if he was just like, well, I want to make money? That somebody else came in and competed with them. And you learn this from Sam Walton, who went in some cities and forced stores to discount. And then Walmart took over the market. So what you want to do is, if a competitor comes into your market, what you want to know the number. Like, what's the lowest I can tolerate that I'm willing to go to? And still have all of my other goals met. And then you probably want to charge that. So I can tell you with Client Kit, like we actually don't make as much money as you think we do because camera's expensive as hell. <laughs> and Adam and Ben wants to get paid for some dumb reason. <laughs> so you gotta sub out all this costs and then we're booking the events and paying Charlie for coffee. So you get to the end of it and it's like, okay, we can tolerate a certain amount of money. We would like to be up here eventually. So we were gonna do that is we're gonna build out better and more and higher value in the back end so that you guys stick around. Nobody's staying in elite because we're just like, "Give us more money. How do we make elite better? How do we make you more money? How do we innovate value on the back end? but we're going to tolerate the lowest amount on the front end that we can? So that's how you want to take your pricing. If you want to take over. If you just want to make a, you know, a, a decent living and then that's different. But we want the whole we want the whole market. So I members are seven dollars. Like, it's why a sales mentor is like 100 bucks. Who are like, why are you charging so little? And it's like, I'm going to actually discount it more. Like, I want the whole market. Mm-hmm. That's how you say your pricing. that makes sense? Yeah. Hey, that was so good. <laughs> let's talk about, since we talk about scaling, let's just hop into the mistakes we made. So, you want to go first? The biggest mistakes we made for while scaling?
0: Uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes we made in scaling, if we're talking about traffic and marketing, is Optimizing. We built a funnel one time ten years ago. No, it wasn't ten years ago. You guys were supposed to laugh at that point. (laughs) Thanks for that. But no, when we first launched the business, you know, we're still running the same webinar. And one of the things you have to, for you to be successful and be in the game for a long time, is being aware of where your market is. Right? How many other people have come into the market, stolen our stuff, ripped off our languaging? How many other competitors have come into the market? Right, and so we've had diminishing returns. But what hasn't happened is we haven't optimized and bettered our messaging and, and gone to more platforms for us for where we want to go for the future. So we got a little bit behind curve on that.
1: Yeah, just on that topic, like we talked to you yesterday. Like there are three options you have in pretty pretty much any project: In innovate, which is like creating new stuff, like what we just did with CK we were innovating, like innovation mode. Creating something brand new, creating new webinars. Then you can optimize, which is taking what you've innovated and improving. That's the, the phase we're in now, where it's like, I know literally everything about you. Like I could go into your file and see how many calls you've had, and how many Q&A sessions you've been on, and how many emails you sent us, and whether you're doing your work or not. And I'm trying to optimize you Make sure that you make money so you keep giving me money. That's like optimizing that. Or you can take it on the front end with what he's doing. He's like, okay, we had a 30% conversion rate, but nobody's seeing the new webinar. So you're optimizing. How do we how do we give them something like how do we? He's not really innovating, but he's taking what we already have and optimizing it. Make sense? Then you can replicate. So you can take. You can take something that you've already built successfully in one area of the business and you move it over into another area of the business. What well, most people make the mistake of when they scale is they innovate, get some cool results, and they either get in this like loop where they just can't escape innovating or they just skip right on down You're Like, I can freaking start eight new businesses. Nothing's optimized. So somebody else who knows this process is going to come into your market and steal everything from you. You know what I mean? So you have to be able to know where you are In this phase, I think the biggest mistake we made is we just replicated in a million different things and deleted our focus. We never really optimized anything at the beginning, and we stopped innovating. Mm -hmm. We didn't innovate. You should be hitting these routinely every quarter, like clockwork. It's going through every quarter, not every day, because then your bandwidth is going to be crap. Maybe not every week, because sometimes you got a big project you got to finish. But every quarter. You should have something you're innovating, something you're optimizing, something you're replicating. If it takes you longer than a quarter to optimize something, you're probably doing these at the same time when you shouldn't be. And you see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, the thing about this is I think our innovation was so good that we were able to squeeze the juice out of it for a really long time. But then we got behind. And so with our scaling, it was very inefficient. or so We're just not keeping as much money as we know that we have the skills, talent, and ability to do. And so that's where the continual innovation optimizing comes into play. And then based on where you are, where you want to go, that depends on if you're going to replicate much or not. So if you're only at 30 grand a month, you know, there's not a lot you have to do. When you're optimizing, what does that cycle look like? So in the example of the webinar that wasn't working for you guys, now how long is that turnaround in optimizing the webinar? Do you keep ads running the entire time while you're fixing the webinar? What's the process look like? So... It depends on where you're at, where you are in your business, in regards to how urgent it is. So obviously, we had things that were working, and so we didn't have the urgency to continue to innovate and optimize. We were just so concerned about bigger numbers and more revenue, and you know all that kind of stuff. And that just gets old. Like it literally just gets old making five hundred grand a month. Not, it's not a braggy thing, but it, it does when it's when it becomes gets Whoa. to a place where it's not efficient, and you're like, why am I doing this? And you know, you have stuff that's it's working decently, but you know it could be working a lot better. You're just pissed off. Well, we talked about it this morning, actually, while waiting at
1: Starbucks. It's like I was just thinking, like, man, why, why did we get stuck? Like, because we, like, you see, us like now, and it's like those guys probably never get stuck. But we got stuck for a year and a half, like, kind of in the same place. I was like, the the thing is, like, you have to be careful because, like, for for me. It's like, man, what if we never grow past this, like our lives don't suck. You know, like it's it's not like we're gonna be like, man, how do I buy this house? Or like so we have to actually like Cameron's gonna talk about this tomorrow. We, we have to engineer that. We don't get the, the privilege anymore of just like our natural environment forcing us to do the right thing. We have to like actually make shit up and engineer it almost to create this our own pain vortex, like what Cameron was talking about. Like and I think the part of it is like if you think 70 grand a month is like pretty good. You'll never get above it. If you think 500 grand a month is pretty good, you'll never get above it because we actually only push past like the lowest that we can actually take, like the lowest we can tolerate. And so we've had to kind of work a lot up here to force ourselves like, dude, you know, five, $600,000 a month is like, is really pitiful. Like it's awful. And like our kids are going to be starving and
0: like, you know, (laughs) and it sounds really loopy, So here's the thing, if you don't have in place it's not working, then it is a thing you work on. You don't do anything else until it's hitting your numbers. And like, so like, for example, right, like, like, Webinar is not working for me, but everything else is fine. Like, I just keep those ads running and just like, Yes. Do something in two days, right? Like, put something new out in two days. Like, just keep keep doing it fast. Or a day. Or a day. Yeah, it is all about speed, but I mean, the advantage that you have being in UE is access. So like, look at what's going on, getting very down to the studs, but for us, like with our own funnel, we are rebuilding everything and it's, that is the thing that is stopping us from a million to $2 million a month. So, well, for other things that we want to launch and put into market, just the mechanics, but yeah, it's end of July is, is our deadline for us, what we have going on, which might as well be tomorrow. Yeah, because we have so much other crap we have to deal with. That's the thing. It's like it's so easy to get pulled off to things that just at the end of the day are not the most important things. So if you're at a place in your business and you don't have the opportunity control set up and you're doing other things, you have to like be very, very, very disciplined to focus on that, get it working, get the numbers, all the economics working for you. Because that's going to give you the bandwidth, that's going to buy you the time to go spend on those other areas of your business, whether it's fulfillment or team, whatever it might be. You have to have that opportunity to come into your business and know that every single month when I have X amount of applications that hit my numbers, and if you're not on target with those numbers, that's what you focus on. Make sense?
1: Another thing about about scaling, speaking of mistakes, is we... Just for the, for the first, I think, period that we were trying to scale things, all we did is like turn up the volume and uh, what it did is it burned us out. So I wrote like flywheel over here because you have to remember like as you build things, the bigger you get, the easier your life should be, which a lot of you have this idea too that you've talked about mindset where to make more, I have to work more. Uh, it should actually be opposite. Like the more you make as this goes up, your um, required output should go down. I say required because if you're like us, you're just going to want to work. So in your business, you have to create this so that for you, like let's say that the more clients you take on, you can actually create like an onboarding system that's videos and they fill out a Google form and they send an email to the list and add your building systems as you go, it gets easier and easier. Or like, this is why we ended up putting like the group stuff together. Because the more clients we have, um, the service actually gets better because you can like, be on a call and somebody else gets a light bulb moment from a question you asked. So we don't have to work as hard to deliver stuff to other people. So this should actually be a thinking exercise you do. I think quite often is like, how do I build these little mini systems inside the business so that the more people that I take on, it actually decreases the pressure on me. So like a team can be a flywheel. A Facebook group can be a flywheel. If you sell, you know, physical, like if you send out welcome kits, like the more we take in terms of clientele, we can decrease our prices. Sales mentor and the memos is a flywheel because we've worked out negotiated rates, which impacts what we charge you. You see what I mean? Like everything, as we grow, it actually gets better. Any other questions on that particularly?
3: I'm just trying to think because each of my clients have their own unique business. And I know that we do here too, right? yeah. Um So just want to make sure that I'm still serving them in a way we can, like, kind of handle them through their specific issues, but also to where I can scale to,
1: you know, managers. Okay, cool. So the coaching system we have right now uh, with the one-on-ones is a flywheel. How? Pop quiz
3: better about problems
1: they're deeper Mm -hmm. in their respective expertise yeah Yeah.
3: and so because of that you'll be able to then optimize those specific areas of the business
1: yep what else anybody if we had 80 clients i can hire more of them if we had 120 i can hire more of them and the more clients we take the revenue is actually dispersed out for getting six of cameron's and if one of Cameron can do what he's done, what can six of them do? So the product gets better as we take on more clients. This is why people will get all messed up about scale. It's because they're like, they, they think to themselves, they're like, well, I'm like burning out right now. I'm like, it's a one-on-one. Well, what happens when I take 20 clients? Yeah, like if you don't change anything, you're going to die. That's what happens when you get 20 clients. So this goes back to the innovation thing. But make sure you're innovating things that actually get better with volume not worse. What, what people do in the market now is they just don't care. They're like, I just want 60 clients because of the money. And then you can't get help and you can't get support. This is who you're going up against. So it should be easy to win. Yes, you care. So the coaching system is
0: a mega flywheel. What is scaling to you?
3: Um, being able to help as many people as possible. But still, what does that mean? Um, is
0: that like 100,000?
3: No, because it still needs to be, like, intimate enough where, and maybe this is selfish, that I see the results for them, and I can make that impact with them. Like, I don't want to be so far removed from it, that I don't see that, because that's important to me. That's my why, right? So, yeah, I don't want it to be this huge machine where I, like, all this stuff's happening behind the scenes, and I don't see it, because that's important to me. So, I guess for me, it's, like, the struggle of, I like the intimacy of the one-on-one, because... I can feel the change for them, and that's, that keeps me going. But at the same time, I want to do that for more people, and I also want to scale, of course, for the money and all of that. So how do I find the perfect balance?
0: Well, it doesn't have to be a perfect balance. What's most important to you?
3: Making an impact with the people, but being able to you know, have the, de- the depth of that impact. Yeah. So helping a good amount of people, but also still feeling it.
0: So if you're at a place where you can only take how many clients without wanting to cry?
3: Yeah, I'm somewhere between 10 and 15. So. And then how many
0: people out there right now need what you have? A ton. How many more lives should you be impacting? Like more than 15. Yeah. Right. Like I'm trying to just draw like vast clarity here and the difference of where you are and the potential for you. And the whole thing is, if you have the process, then you can replicate yourself. Like what we've done with the coaches and these ballers who've come in. You think we don't see those results and feel those results? True. Now it's like we're scaling results. It's not about revenue. I mean, that's part of it. But it's about scaling impact, scaling results, reaching and impacting more families, more businesses. And so if you stay stuck and like, oh, it's got to be me, then obviously you're keeping yourself from those people. And by yourself, I don't mean just you, I mean your processes, yeah. your IP, your unique thing that is impacting the clients that you're working with. If You keep that in front of you, it's like, okay, if I just want it to be me, like we had this conversation the day. I was like, dude, I'm just going to be honest with you, like I want to write all the copy for the emails because I want to feed my ego, because I want it to be my emails, but, but I mean, <laughs> Taylor ready. never deals with ego issues, you know, it's just me. <laughs> it's called confidence but it's like that's going to that's going to draw us out past July 31st it's going to take a long time and so i've got to go out and bring other people in and use my unique ability to build the strategy and you know just coach with these guys who i'm bringing in to write emails for us right so you got to get past a place where it's about me it's like what about them especially knowing the impact that you do make the change that you do bring that for us like like i get overwhelmed by all the case studies. I'm like, I want that. I want that more and more and more. Like I cannot keep up with all the case studies that are coming into the group that are posted on the Tank page, you know, because impact begets impact, right? And you just get to this place where the more impact that you make on people's lives, the more confident and bulletproof your belief system is in yourself and your process offer and what you do. So if, if it's like ever a rare occasion where I get on the phone with someone, my confidence in, in regards to sales, and it would only typically be UE, is extremely strong. Like I have not one ounce of doubt that we can help someone. if it's, You know, they have the right things.
3: How do you guys trust people with that? Like that's you're taking a lot of your business and, and, and giving it to other people. Maybe that's a control issue with me, but how do you? take that kind of responsibility and put that on other people and feel good about the well,
0: people not, getting the it results. It doesn't really come down to trusting people. It's typically, a lot of times, just gonna be your fault for being a bad leader. You recognize what it takes, like the things that are needed to get someone results, right? And so, I mean, we're talking a little bit kind of the team stuff, but if you know and you assume that people are gonna mess up, it's just how often, right? And you have a <laughs> limit. Yeah. That's a whole bigger topic to talk about that we have a lot of experience with.